Hello and welcome to the Work Matters podcast, where we discuss what matters at work and how to make it better. Studies tend to show that most workers claim to have experienced significant stress in the workplace, and that stress and anxiety has only been on the rise since COVID hit last year. We regularly see doctors for physical challenges, and yet mental health remains a stigmatized item despite its impact upon work and home. So today, if you're a human, who has a brain, this episode is for you. Today on Work Matters, Mental Health Matters. I'm Robert Richardson, here with Dr. Steve Hunt. Steve, have you ever had to deal with a serious mental health issue in the workplace? You know, it's interesting because I'm a psychologist. In my background, I've been exposed to a lot of these things. And when I look back as we were getting ready for this episode, I was thinking back at a time in my career where actually I remember there was a time where there was a person who looking back on it was suffering from severe depression and anxiety. But this was a more senior person I looked up to. And it created all sorts of weirdness in the relationship in work, but we didn't really know how to deal with it. There just was no way to really talk about it. And I look back at it now and actually it's kind of sad because it didn't end well for this person. I'm just um, curious, at, at the time, did you understand that it was a mental health issue or did it no you kind of it was like oh there's something wrong but we but there was no real dialogue and discussion and i mean and that's why i'm so excited to have the guests that we've got on today regina ate founded a company called quentame regina welcome to the show thank you so much for the invitation robert and i when we start the show we always start with the first question we have guests on which is why does this topic matter to you how you know you've started a company that's just focused on helping employees and organizations improve mental well-being in the workplace but how did you get started on it how did you decide to make this your passion yes thanks for asking it's really a very personal story i'm from mexico city and four years ago my father started having a lot of physical problems he had a lot of trouble sometimes getting out of bed he didn't want to go to work Sometimes he had trouble concentrating, you know, and we started getting very worried. After four years, a doctor told us that what my father had was depression. So for our family, it was a really hard topic to talk about because it's so full of stigma. So I started doing a lot of research about it. And this is when I came up and I saw, well, it's not my father, the only person in the world having depression. Hmm. Actually, it's the first cause of disability worldwide. This is crazy. This is talking about one out of five people are going to have a mental health problem. 75% of employees suffer from fatigue due to labor stress. And this is impacting people not only in their homes, but also at work, in their communities. And this is something that it's important to talk about. You know, I think that you hit, there was really fascinating, one out of five people suffering from depression, other fatigue. I mean, pretty much every person is going to experience mental well-being issues, either directly or somebody that they know and care about. When you look at this in the workplace as an employee, what is the first thing that you should be thinking about? If I'm an employee and I I know this is going to happen or it is happening. How should I approach it differently? Because I told you in my story, I experienced it and there really was no script for dealing with it. So people just kind of sort of ignored it, which didn't end well. So what, what's the first step as an employee to deal with this? Yeah, I think the first thing is to make sure that we know that everybody has mental health. And how can you start taking care of it? You know, because sometimes we feel that we need to go to a psychologist to take care of our mental health. But some people ask us, well, is there another way to take up care of our mental health? And I brought to you a list of things that you can be doing right now to be taking care of your mental health. 
first, what I will tell you is it's very important that you do some exercise so that you can manage the levels of stress that you're having and that you can give yourself a break. Another very important part is that you have specific pause in a moment of the day, because if not, then we're going to get burned out very easily. Another very important area that we should be taking care about in our work are the relationships. Sometimes we feel that talking to a colleague is not so important, but it's really important. Right now with the pandemic, the workplace has become a community in which people feel that either they can be part of something or they can feel totally isolated. So this is the importance of having a time of, you know, maybe having a chat with a coffee, doing some Zoom, you know, in distance, but really trying to, to generate deep connections with other people. It's also very important as well that if you're having very hard difficulties for more than six months, that you go to a psychologist, or psychiatrist, because then if you do not seek for help, it's something that could become a chronic disease, then it will be so much hard to attend. You hit on two things. I think the first thing you said that's really important is that we need to schedule almost into our work. You know, we need to exercise. We need to take a pause from work and we need to connect with other people. And I was thinking this is something you could combine, like schedule a walk every day where you take 15 minutes or 30 minutes and call and talk to somebody else that you work with just to talk to them. The, the next one, though, that you hit on, which I think is key, is if you're having issues after six months, you know, be aware of it. What about when you do think you're having an issue, either you or somebody you know, how do you start? that conversation because it is sort of a taboo topic. It's not, it's okay to say I've got a cold. It's not okay to say I've got clinical depression. Yeah, that is such an important question. And with this, I will tell you, if you do not feel that right now you have the tools or the information to just go and seek for help, then what I will tell you is that you should know that you have a network of support. Sometimes we feel that we are alone in this world and you should know that you have a support network that first is yourself, then is your family and close friends. So it's really important that if you feel that you are not being able to cope with a situation, then you should go and, and talk to your family and close friends. If this doesn't work, then you should also know that you have some other people that maybe you didn't know that you could go and talk to. For example, some leader that you feel that you have the confidence to talk this about, or maybe a doctor that you feel that you can go and chat with them. It's very important to know that you always have a support network, that you can go and get in touch with them and start talking about the way that you feel. It's also very important that you take a time to understand your emotions, you know, because sometimes we're going really fast in our lives and then we do not take the time just to pause and to really understand what we're going through. But when we just take a moment of our times and start thinking, what is this that I'm feeling? You know, because sometimes we don't even know the emotions that we experience. Am I feeling angry? And I'm feeling lonely. Am I feeling sad? Am I feeling happy? You know, mm -hmm. what emotion am I feeling? I wanted to go back because you kind of hit on two things. First one is that recognizing that we're not alone, that there are people out there. Going back to what you said earlier, everyone, either directly or indirectly, will experience well-being issues. So even though it may feel like you're alone, and the reality is everyone around you has a connection. Yes. So that importance of reaching out and starting that conversation. I want to go a little more into that because I think a lot of times when people have these issues is they feel the people around them don't care for them or they feel some structure. As an employee in the workplace, 
how can you do this? Because people have this fear of their reputation. Do you have thoughts on how in the workplace somebody can approach this? Yeah. And also something very important that I want to add is that we are not superheroes. Mm -hmm. Sometimes we feel that we, and this happens a lot at work, at our homes, you know, that we need to be perfect, that we cannot have any mistake in our lives. And this happens the way that you're telling at work, like if I'm a leader or if I'm an employee, how can I say that I'm not going through a nice time in my life? And more right now that we're going through a pandemic in where we're having so many emotions, you know, we're going through grief. So how can we approach and not feel guilty about it or not feel concerned that they're going to judge us? The first thing that I will tell you is that you need to, in your workplace, see if you have a leader or a peer that you can really create a connection with. Sometimes people ask us, hey, how can I accompany somebody that is going through a hard situation? And the first thing that I will tell you is you need to connect on the emotions, not on the event. So this is the way that I will tell, like, if you're feeling really low, try to talk to the people that you feel confident with. And try, try to tell them about the emotions that you're feeling because this is the way that you can connect with them, you know, through human, talking to human. Sometimes what happens is that people are not going through, through the same life situations as us, you know, through the same events. So what happens is that for people, it's really hard to understand or it's really hard to even know how can I help them? You know, how can I make them feel good or how can I give them the best advice? I think that's, that's interesting because you're saying that in that immediate feeling down, anxious, start that conversation that, look, everyone has these feelings. Yeah. And that reaching out to that person and saying, you know, I just feel down. And as opposed to having them try to solve the problem that you have, it's just more that that human connection, that empathy, it sounds like is a really important thing. Yes. It's really funny that, you know, we will break an arm and, and head to the doctor and nobody says, yeah. oh, you're so weak for going to the doctor with that broken arm. You Are you kidding me? You got a cast? Oh, <laughs> you know, uh, I, and yet, you know, here we face symptoms of depression or anxiety or whatever the case might be. And folks are, are really challenged uh, to bring it up, to talk about it. You know, the brain is simply another piece of your body. You can break an arm and you can temporarily break a brain, you know, uh, and, and sometimes yeah. you got to get help for either that arm or, or for a mental health challenge temporarily. You know, and, uh, and and you get better. You, you know, mm. it's not it's not always something that uh, is going to persist forever. And the sooner you address it, the faster it goes away. The key thing that I'm hearing is is this really sense of don't feel like you're alone. But what we've heard here is that everyone has experienced either directly or indirectly with mental illness as part of life, and that when we experience this, talk to people. And which even goes back to the earlier point where you said the best way to prevent mental health issues is to talk to people on a regular basis to begin with. But I think that's so powerful. As an employee, what can we do to be more aware so that others reach out to us and that we can support yeah. them? Yeah, yeah, that is so important. The first is to really open the conversation about it. You know that it's not a taboo, that it's something that we regularly talk about. And this is importance of vulnerability. You know, to be able to just talk the, about the challenges that you're going through your life and not feeling that they're going to judge you. This is so important. So for example, if a peer is going through a difficult uh, situation, pause and observe, really listen listen to what the person is feeling, to what the person is going through, because sometimes when we're trying to help somebody, we're just trying to solve the, their lives in the way that we should solve ours. 
but this is an exercise of really giving all of yourself and be willing to be physically and emotionally close to the person and just hearing them out. And even sometimes it's really good to ask, am I really willing to get in touch with the pain of the other person? Am I in a good life situation where I am able to hear somebody that is going through a hard situation? Because it's okay if you're not. And this Mm -hmm. is where I go back to the part of we're not superheroes, right? I really love your your point about really listening and not always feeling the need to resolve an issue because this is an issue that uh, I face in in my marriage. I I get in trouble a lot, right? Because my wife will come to me with some challenge, some emotion she's feeling, right? And I'm immediately working to resolve that challenge. And she's like, Robert, will you please just stop? (laughs) I just want you to listen. I just want you to hear me and understand me. And then we can move on. You don't have to resolve it right now. This is the classic, the classic marriage (laughs) thing right there. I think that, no, but one of the, getting back to the well-being, I mean, kind of, again, you're hitting so many things, Regina. It's like, it's like, like, I'm like, I'm writing down all these <laughs> the first one, though, is, is starting that dialogue. And I think one of the things you said is making people comfortable to share that. And I think one of the things that will do this, and it ties into what's called supportive managerial behavior or employee behavior in general, is sharing stories that, that if you had a family member that had depression or anxiety, making that part of the conversation with other people so that people don't feel like they're an anomaly. That is so powerful. It's the same thing we've seen with work-life balance as a result of this move to remote work that when you have executives that suddenly have their kids running into the room, then it's, hey, it's okay to have children. (laughs) It's humanized us. And I think that's, that's an important point. But then your second point is don't try to be a psychologist when you're helping a person. Just be a pair of ears. Yes. Yes, that, that is really important. And even sometimes you can ask, hey, I'm hearing this. Is this what you're feeling? Is this what you're trying to say? Because sometimes we take it back to our life experiences. We're like, hey, I know that what you're going through because three years ago, this happened to me, you know? Mm-hmm. And it's like, no, because like you're totally different persons. You have different stories. So it's really powerful not to try to make the other person feel that you understand in that way because maybe you do not understand the way that they're feeling, but it's so important, you know, just to be there with them and the importance of silence. Like, I'm here for you. You can give me a call whenever you want, and we can just be in silence if you want. If your personality is not a person that wants to talk and you want me to be in silence, but be there with you, it's okay. You know, because sometimes we feel the need to talk a lot and that the other person really feels relieved. But it's okay just to be silent and just be there for them and that the other person knows that that you're there for them, you know? I I think the place you're talking, I think it's the difference between caring and understanding. And caring is just showing empathy, talking to them, letting them open up as much as they they wish. What about when it does get in? You said, as you earlier, you said, and I like it's a really important criteria, you said, look, if something's going on for more than six months, that's when you need to start looking at professional help. Do you have advice for how a person should approach that? Because as Robert was talking about, we have scripts for like, oh, I broke my arm or my ankle. We don't have scripts for something's just not right in the way I'm thinking. Yeah, definitely. The first thing is that you should approach a professional. Going to a psychologist is like having a a backpack and then just putting the right tools for you to cope with with that situation. So maybe if you go through the same situation again, then you already have the tools to, to solve it, you know? And something also very important is that they help you recognize patterns. The way that you are thinking, the way that you are feeling, 
so that you can manage your emotions better. And then you can have a better approach on, on the way to reach your life goals. You know, some people ask us, hey, how will a psychologist or a psychiatrist help me? Well, what they do is that they help you to really understand yourself, be comfortable with yourself, and that you feel fulfilled. You know, and one of the things I think that you're hitting on, which when we get in mental well-being, is that you can, that people do recover from it, that they do come out of it. I, I'm reminded as you were talking, a friend of mine who had a surgery that resulted in him becoming insulin dependent. And initially, it was, he was a very healthy person, and he was struggling with it. But then he met somebody who was an athlete who said, it's a manageable thing. You know, yes, you have to actively manage it. It's the same thing with mental illness. There is this whole profession that looks at it, and it is a manageable thing. That In fact, you can learn to manage them, live with them, move on. I think that's such an important message. As we're wrapping up, because we've kind of gone through this whole thing of prevent it by exercise and regular relationships. When you feel the issue, don't go it alone. Talk to other people. If it gets to a certain point, reach out. There are professionals, and it, you know, it, you're not the first person on this path. It is something we can manage. As you're looking forward, as we're going into a world where the level of stresses are not going down, the world's just changing faster and faster. What advice would you give to listeners out there as they approach work to just live a better, mental, more mentally healthy life going forward? What are the things we should keep in mind as we sort of move forward? Yes, thank you for the question. And it's so important to know, like, what specific things can I do to just take care of myself? Very easy. The first sleep. People are not sleeping in the pandemic. You need to sleep from seven to eight hours at least so that you can really recuperate yourself from your day. The second important thing is do not skip your meals. People are not eating at their times, you know, and this is very important to keep to nourish yourself. You need food, you need to reach vitamins and minerals to be able to function better. Hydrate yourself, talk to loved ones. That is so important. Just Take a minute of your week, you know, to maybe call one of your friends or a family member. This will help you feel so much better. Try as well to meditate, you know, at least once a day. They tell us, hey, do I need to meditate for 30 minutes? No, it's okay if you start with five minutes and just take a time to do some breathing exercises so that you can start your day with all of the energy and really just calm yourself down. Also, a very important hack is be grateful. It's so important to be grateful for everything that is happening to us. Every day, you can find something that you can be grateful for, and this will help you to feel more happy, to feel more in peace with yourself. And also, try to do an activity that you love. Watch Netflix, go out and take a run. Really do whatever you like and whatever you love to take care of yourself. And try to find some distractions because we're working all day long. And then we do not have enough time, you know, to, to be with ourselves. And this is such an important step to take. Wow. These are great, great advice. Schedule these things because this isn't just going to make you mentally healthier. It's going to make you happier. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so, definitely. You know, so there's all kinds of benefits to doing. Just remembering that, you know, hey, happiness matters. This is, you know, it's an important part. So, well, thank you, Regina, so much. This has been fascinating. Um, definitely got some great tips. And uh, we'll have more information on our show notes about Regina and the really cool 
solutions she's built too. She's actually a focus on technology of companies do this. But with that, thank you so much for appearing on Work Matters. No, thank you, Stephen and Robert. Wow, Robert, that was really fascinating. Like all these shows, but this one was really interesting because, as you pointed out, this is kind of like a taboo topic often. And I liked how Regina just offered some really practical, simple ways to, that can help us. What, what what was your takeaway from some of the things she shared? I found it really fascinating. Um, as she was talking, I kept having flashbacks to uh, the Blue Zones. Dan Butner, working for National Geographic, I believe, went around the world and studied the longest lived societies and cultures mm -hmm. and, and that kind of thing and, and figured out what do they all seem to have in common. And then after that, he did the same thing for happiness as well. Mm -hmm. As Regina's talking, she's hitting on every single one of these items. At the end of the day, it doesn't feel like this was a show about mental health. Well, I guess it is, right? But, but happiness, too. Happiness is mental health, I suppose. Um, but from exercise to taking breaks, which I need to do, uh, to good relationships. Dan Butner, I, I think, uh, recommends five hours of social interaction per day five hours for mental health and, and happiness. You know, sleeping, not skipping meals. I gotta get better about that one too. Thanks, Regina. You, I'm, I'm creating a list as we go. I appreciate that. Um, meditation, uh, gratitude. We talked about that in, uh, in one of our previous yeah. episodes. Uh, so all of these just hit so many great topics. I think there's, and, and the last point that I would really end as people out that are struggling with this, and you see this, is that you're not alone. Everyone, will deal with this mental, if not personally, someone they care and love with. And so that yeah. we just need to make this a dialogue that it is okay to not feel okay, but there is a way to get better, but don't feel like you have to go it alone. Thank you for joining the Work Matters podcast. Thank you to Regina Atier. Thanks to our editor and chief sanity officer, Morgan Garner, and to Domi Caputo for making this show possible. We also want to thank the whole Open SAP team for their contribution here and helping us get this and a lot of other great educational programming out there for professionals. If you have enjoyed this podcast, please don't forget to hit the subscribe button and to give us a quick rating that really helps people to find this podcast wherever they get their podcasts. We'll be sure to get more information to you in our show notes. So if you're looking for more information on Quentame or SAP, please look no further than that. We look forward to seeing you on the next podcast because what matters at work today? Well, mental health matters. Thanks for joining us for the Work Matters Podcast.